Hello, and thank you for coming back. We are going to start the show today with a snack that I'm kind of trying to tie into our subject matter. I'll explain more. We are having two in-studio guests, but not at the same time. We have Warren Avery and Stephen Robillard, and they are running for city council seat against each other. We're going to have a chat, so stick around. And welcome back to Snack a Little, Talk a Little. I'm Mark. And I'm Jenna. So what do you have to tie in? So we have a special show, folks, this time. We are having a, uh, two council people, Warren Avery, I'm sorry, people running for city council in our city, in our wards. This is very localized on the one hand. On the other hand, we thought it was important to uh, bring you a show where uh, we're getting politically involved I guess, yeah. or at least community involved. Community it shouldn't uh, be political, but right. in some ways, these are nonpartisan, nonpartisan uh, uh, positions, or it's a nonpartisan position these gentlemen are going for. But we we have them. Uh, re, we're going to record them separately so that we're not having an all-out brawl in here. It's not. A, it's not really. It's meant. To, it's not a debate. Right. Not not a debate. So we wanted to give it's them a each. presentation. Yeah. And we're going to uh, do our best. Give them each the uh, same questions and the same amount of time. But in the meantime, let's get to the snack. What yeah. do you have? <laughs> Let me just say it was important to um, make sure that even though this these guys are not running um, for any kind of a local office where you live, unless you happen to live here. Right. But it's really important to get involved. And it seems, you know, when you watch the news that everybody's struggling from at least some of the same or similar problems. And you can ask questions and you can give them ideas so that they can present this to the people that that work for your city. Right. To try and make the improvements or changes. That it you want starts to see. at the local level. Get involved. Right. Uh, get to where I, I actually met these two gentlemen at a uh, forum of a group that I go to. They came to speak. And I was like, you know what? I got to get them on the show and let people know you you can have access to people that are running for office, and hopefully, uh, and and we, if they're doing their job right, then they're making they sure be. they're that, available. That's right. To they you. should be. Yeah. So take advantage of it. All right. So, the, so let's get to the snack. Why I did this? Okay. Notice how it's red, white, it and is blue. Beautifully red, white, and blue. I just thought, you know what? We got to do something that's a little bit special. And hey, we get to vote for these people. America. F yeah. <laughs> so yes, this is why we're having. So what it is, is people call this a fruit pizza. You guys, it's a sugar cookie base. I've put a a cream, a sweetened cream mm. cheese icing on the bottom. And then I just put strawberries and blueberries on top with a little bit of a, a, a jam uh, glaze to sweeten them you put a lot of work into this i did yeah well it's not too difficult but yes yeah, so there fantastic, is some work though and it's so easy to do so i bet a lot I, of you have done this before but I, I took a bite and it was like biting in it was it, the first thing it reminded me of was a strawberry shortcake oh good. So i got a big okay. bite of strawberry with the uh, flaky type of crust yes and the the cream you have here is, is the the what is? What did you say? The cream it's cream cheese? cheese, and then you sweeten it with some vanilla. And, yeah, uh, it was so sweet. Sugar. It was. It was like uh, having whipped cream on top of it. This oh, is good. great. Oh, good. You, you did good. Thank you. <laughs> also, I decided we had to have hot chocolate with it. This is. Um, mm. I, this is not homemade hot chocolate, but it is the Ghirardelli's hot chocolate, so it should be pretty tasty. <laughs> I, I'm amazed you said the name properly. I didn't even you... do homework ahead of time. But as I said it, did you notice that there was a little? There was a hesitant. Oh, do it right. <laughs> Um, yes. So we're having, because you guys, it feels like fall today. 
Oh yeah, it's here definitely, in our town, yeah, this it is, feels this like is, fall. Uh, yeah, so fall, fall is here. Why not have some hot chocolate? So I, I'm hoping that this is your first hot chocolate uh, heading into the fall. It is my first season. hot chocolate. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, mm. and and hot mm. chocolate. Unless you're a coffee drinker, hot chocolate would go well with something like this. And so hopefully it does. This is great. I almost don't want to have our guests in. So <laughs> all right. So the guys that we're going to be interviewing, <laughs> Stephen Warren. Let me just say, I I didn't know we couldn't figure out how we're going to do because a lot of times, not all of the time, we do have a snack when we have guests in studio. Right. But then we would end up having either two snacks, and we're not going to talk about it twice, and then we don't want to shortchange right. you. One of you gets to talk about the snack, right. and the other's like, okay, well, so I guess it was, I just it won't was a talk logistical issue. How do we? Do that this? it was like, how do we do Unless this? We're all in the same. And room then at I the said, you know time. what? Let's we'll do the snack ahead of time, and then I'll edit in. The two segments where we have them in the studio. But we promise if you come back in here, we'll feed you. That's right. When you guys, <laughs> whichever one of these gentlemen in, end up winning uh, the council seat, we hope to have them back on the show. And then when they come in just on an individual basis, we'll have a snack a little, talk a little with actual snacks and for you don't them want to, as well. Yeah. And you don't want to take away from from what is important to them and why they're running with food. Right. Although we all love food. But, I know, but on the other hand, we, what if you what if you brought in a, a piece of food or something that they were allergic to, and they took a bite just to be well, courteous? Normally, I and ask all of a sudden, in the middle of the interview, they're, they're I know plumping up like shock a... <laughs> and, I know that would be that would be horrible. So, did you you take a bite of this? I I'll, will take I'll a t- bite. Talk about it. Okay. So again, once again, we have coming up. So uh, stay tuned. Coming right up, we have uh, Warren Avery and Steve Robillard. Uh, they're going to talk about. You know why they're running for city council. We're going to have some questions based on some of the stuff we've talked about on the podcast before, and uh, that is coming up real soon. But let me get Jana's take on the food that she made here. What do you think? Well, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I put little. I janitized it a little bit. Went off the uh, beaten path just slightly. I took the larger sized sugar crystals mm-hmm. that people sometimes decorate a cake right because i thought oh wouldn't that be interesting if we have just like a little bit of a sugary yeah, when a little you're biting texture, yeah yeah most of it seems because you cook it you can see it if you look on the sides you can see the little flecks but i don't i don't notice them that much mm. so i think that they kind of cooked into Melted the dough which is fine i, I didn't know i need a napkin this is Good stuff. <laughs> so, Mark, I know it's more dried fruit, right? Dried fruit, you're like, nah, I can take it or leave it. Right. So you're okay with the fresh fruit? Oh yeah, fresh fruit's great. Okay, good. This is great stuff, and the and the hot chocolate is uh, chocolatey. Hot chocolatey. <laughs> Wait, don't reach up and take a drink when I'm taking a drink. We well, I can drink quickly. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, then don't you pick up a drink and start drinking when I'm going to drink? Well, I I was waited till you sat yours down. <laughs> <laughs> How long have we been doing this? <laughs> you guys, if you haven't made this, this get is great on it. stuff. Yeah, this is like a, yeah. like she said, it, it's sugar cookie with uh, uh, cream cheese and fresh fruit, and this was a, this was a good uh, red, white, and blue start fruit, to our show. Fruit pizza, well, and, and through the magical, mag- the magical, through the, the magic of magic editing, of magic, <laughs> it's the world magic. <laughs> you remember that? That was a. a Oh, what was that magician that used to have a variety show? Oh, I don't know. I thought you were oh. doing William Shatner no, with no, Lucy no. in the Sky oh, with Diamonds my gosh. with the World. Oh. No, it's somewhat. There was a, a Doug Henning. Do you remember Doug I Henning? I remember the name, yeah. Okay, he had a variety show. He was a magician back in the 70s, had a variety show. And Saturday Night I'm Live. I'm too young, but I have heard the name. <laughs> Saturday, no, it wasn't Saturday Night Live. I think it may have. 
was it SNL or it may have actually been SCTV and it was Martin Short doing an impression oh, of him okay, okay. and it was the same kind of thing the mad through the magic Ooh, of things okay so through the magic of editing let's get on to the interviews and right now live in the studio we have Warren Avery who is a candidate for councilman in ward 3 here in Riverside Warren Yay. thank you for coming to the show absolutely thanks thank for you. having me hi hello good to have you here we love when we have people in studio that's it's right great to be here all right so we're going to give you an opportunity first off to give us your spiel if you will i don't mean that in a negative <laughs> yeah. way but sure. you know, give us your uh, statement why you're running what things you're interested in and Anyways, go ahead. Introduce yourself. And how yourself. are you qualified? How do you find that, you know, you're the guy for the job? Sure. So really, um, for me, my wife and I, we met at UCR. We went to UCR a long time ago, about 30 years ago is when okay. we met. Um, I grew up in Orange County. My wife is a poly graduate, lived in Riverside forever. Parents went to Ramona. So just a lot of Riverside ties here. We met at UCR. We got engaged while we were still at UCR. Ram Pride, by the way. Sorry. Oh, so, well, so my, that's why <laughs> I always talk about my in-laws being from <laughs> Ramona. So to, yep, to yep. get it all around, okay. it's not just Polly. Um, but yeah, so we were, we started very early. We got uh -huh. married one year out of school. Oh, okay. The whole thing. We've been married 27 years. So, I mean, right. we're, um, and once we were trying to decide, where do we go now, right? What do we do? Where are we going to set up shop and, and kind of establish our roots? Mm -hmm. And and we looked at, at Riverside um, and we said, this is this is a place where we want to be. We like the community. We like what it stands for. We like we just like being here. We just feel good here. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to set up our roots. My wife's a teacher in Riverside Unified. She's been teaching here forever. We live here. Both of our boys raised here. Public school, Alcott, uh, Gage, Polly. For okay, you so know, right in. Here. So yeah. yeah. So we were right here in Ward Three the whole time. Mm -hmm. And um, and we that's just, great. So you know, particularly about the issues that we all worry about in our in our area, because he and I both would be in Ward Three. Absolutely. So although Hoover. I okay. To say. okay, sorry. Okay. I didn't know if I was allowed to say where you guys were. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like, oh, geez, the secret sauce, <laughs> no, no, right? Like, people, people know all about the history. I'm going to dink that. Yeah. We've, we've talked about it on the show, so yeah, it's all good. Peek behind the curtain. So this is now the new border. So Hoover is oh. a, a border street for the new ward uh, for the design. So right behind where I'm sitting, no longer in the ward on this side. And I don't know, honestly, if the street, like your side of the street, yeah. is in or out anymore. So, because um, mm. the the line just runs down Hoover, so we'll have to do a little. Well, um, thanks for coming in. Yeah, Lauren. right. We appreciate you coming in. <laughs> but well, that's interesting. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. yeah, I want to talk a little bit about history sure. and how the history of Riverside is important to me, and there yeah. needs to be more of a spotlight on it. This property and my house used to be on Magnolia Avenue, and eventually it was moved in about 1914 to where it sits now. The next street actually was part of his groves. And so it's oh. how sad that they're going to divide that. Yeah. But, you know, well, let's, what are you going to do? Let's let Warren finish with his, <laughs> yeah. his opening statement. We're so, right. we get into right. it all, right? Yeah. So anyway, we just looked and we're just not happy with the direction that yeah. the city is going. You know, we just not happy with the the little things even, right? Mm -hmm. the, the fact that you drive up and down the street and it doesn't matter which street. There's trash on the side of the streets. There's the medians are not taken care of, whether it's the rose bushes on Victoria or the orange groves. I mean, the things that we love. I mean, when it's a nice day, we have a Jeep. We take the top off the Jeep and we drive down Victoria as far as we can go versus yeah. we're getting on the freeway because we just like that. And yeah. so those little things, trash not being picked up on time and it takes three days. And then that leads to a lot of other things and just 
those little things turn into big things. And so yeah. instead of just kind of always talking about it, well, why don't we do this? Why isn't this happening? I started to get involved and yeah. I said, okay, well, somebody has to do it, right? Somebody has to get involved instead of just talking about it. And so that's, and that's really why I've decided to be a candidate for council. And I did it in 2019 and I was a, a candidate then. It was a close, right? Close mm -hmm. results, uh, just barely missed out. And so I felt like a hypocrite if I learned all of this and I go through it and then I just say, well, well, I'm taking my ball and going home. Yeah. So I continued to be involved in commissions. I was part of the charter review uh, committee uh, since the last election, got involved in RCC uh, bond oversight committee. So just really kept being involved. And I didn't know if we were going to do this again, quite honestly. Right. It was yeah. uh, not till probably, yeah, well, now if we started May, you know, we, we joked about it, you know, and I would joke with my wife, hey, be ready, you know, we, we need to pick up some dresses for some events or, and she's like, are we sure we're doing this? And yeah. and we did, and we decided let's let's go for it. And so to to Mark's point of why and what are the key things, for me, it's it's putting the pride back in Riverside and taking the pride in, in and that's the, all those little things, making sure you like to drive up and down the streets. And, you know, I have a person across the street who has an old hot rod and they're part of it. And he's like, I'm worried that it's going to damage my hot rod, you know, because mm -hmm. of the roads being so bad. And, yep. and then the trash and just taking care of it and just the streets and the trees and all those little things. That's not everything a council person does, but at the same time, those are the things we can do. Right. And, and I look at it as, as sometimes we get into these council members and anybody for that matter gets these big plans, right? And, oh, we're going to do this and I'm going to, no, let's focus on what we can do and what we can affect and, and, and take that change. And so that's really what I'm looking at is making sure we have enough police officers, the public safety side of it, trying to be proactive when it comes to our businesses and the things that affect them and bringing business into Riverside. I'm, I'm tired of driving to Orange County or Rancho Cucamonga because we want to go shopping or we want to eat somewhere different. And there's great restaurants here, but, you know, you can only go to the same one so many times. And right. so I'm tired of that. And and I want to yeah. do stuff to bring people in. But but if we don't take care of those little things, no businesses, nobody's going to want to invest in Riverside. And that and that for me is is what it's all about. Well, Inland Empire has for a long time, I think, kind of had a reputation as being the armpit of this part of Southern mm -hmm. California. People think of Orange County and parts of LA, eh, maybe not so much lately with LA, but still there are nice pricey parts of LA and yep. those are like the destination pl places, even though we have some great history and, yes. and just interesting, beautiful places to see, but not enough of it, especially the, things seem to have gotten a lot trashier the last three years, mm -hmm. seems like it. So COVID affected things. Sure, it did. So, um, so that's why I'm I'm a candidate. That's why I decided to do this and put my name in the hat and 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 go for it. Mm -hmm. um, and you asked, uh, you know, why do I think I'm the best candidate? I think it's because of that experience. What we talked about living in the ward for so long and and being here and raising a family here and and going through all the steps of raising a family of no kids to kids to being an empty nester and and seeing that and how the city plays. A role in that and yeah. so doing that and also being involved in the city commissions and boards um just getting involved I've, I've seen a little bit behind the curtain working with the city clerk and the city attorney and city council on especially when it came to charter review we dealt with some pretty serious issues mm -hmm. and so getting to see that side of it uh, from a financial side of it so for those reasons and then also what i do for 
for work and business, I feel like bringing a business mindset into the council is not such a bad thing, mm-hmm. right? And working, I'm, I negotiate contracts. I have to make personnel decisions. And so those things all play into the council. And I think that's good to have that voice on the council yeah. as well. Well, let's get to the subjects then. Yes. Right? And, and uh, the first one, the major one, that, and we have actually featured on, on this show numerous times. So I live in the ward as well. Okay. Uh, I live about uh, less than two miles from here. When we do our show, we do a show every week. When I drive to Jana's place here the uh, at the manor, uh, I give her a report every time of how many homeless people that I see mm-hmm. between our two houses that are so close together. Now, mind you, uh, and this gets a little local for our international <laughs> listeners, we're going to talk about you know local streets and everything. I live right off of Arlington. Okay. Okay. Obviously, she lives right off of Magnolia, the yep. two major streets. Mm-hmm. Every time, except for today, for some reason, I didn't do my count, but I always say, oh, the count is two, the count is three, the count is four. Yeah. And it's just like, this is ridiculous. So what what are your plans uh, or your feelings or whatever? What are your plans for dealing with the homeless issue that we have here in town? Yeah, it's it's no easy. There's no easy answer. And anybody tells you there's an easy answer, uh, um, they're lying to you, right? I agree. So, so um, I think you have to look at it in, in different buckets, if you will. So there are certain people of the homeless population that that need help and want help, right? Yes. That, that right. actually want. That, but tough, it's a small number. It's a yes. very small tiny, number. Tiny percent. 83% or the other. Absolutely. Bucket. So, But we have to, I, I don't like to group everyone in that same, you're homeless and this so is how we deal with it. you have mental problems. Right. Mental problems, problems. The folks that, that have no idea what they need, right? And I think the care court coming into Riverside we're going to see, right? It's going to be hopefully something that will help. Sorry, is this yep. is this where? So I know that we've had uh, available to people, um, if someone were to call in, and this happened on my street, somebody mm-hmm. who used to live on the street, where we called to have them come and check on somebody who's mm-hmm. homeless, mm-hmm. and they either can take the help or they or not. Right. Is that is this care court so different? So care than court's that? a little different. Okay. So care court is basically it is allowing professionals to say this person needs some type of mental help okay they don't realize and they're not going to agree yeah, to it right. it's very similar and it's, it's i shouldn't say it's similar but everyone's heard of the 5150 process yes it's it's very similar to that where a, a police officer someone can say you are mentally ill and you need to be taken somewhere to be evaluated and to do this before you couldn't do that unless they gave consent right. because right. you're kidnapping them. Right. And right. so this care court says you're not in a, a spot to give consent for yourself to give some sort of evaluation, some sort of treatment. So it allows the professional to say, yes, you need something. We're going to take you and we're going to put you somewhere. Now it may only last a couple of days. Right. But it allows at least allows someone to, take them off the street yeah. where they are and give them some sort of evaluation, which hasn't been done. That is good. I didn't know that. This, I'd heard Gavin Newsom talking about how he was going to try and implement something to where we could do that again. Cause mm-hmm. there was a time when we could, sure. where you could tell people insist, you know what? Yep. You need help. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that I agree with that he's going to do. So I, I think that that is great because to me, that is the only answer. Mm-hmm. we got to stop throwing money at houses for oh. people who 83% of the population, the homeless population, either have mental I- issues or drug issues mm-hmm. or both. And 
that's a lot. Yeah. And, and giving someone a house here, and here you go, here's destroy keys. This. They're not going to no. get off drugs. Just, and, we're, and we're paying for that. Yep. That was the housing first program that, you know, we tried. Yeah. Uh, I always look at things. It's okay to try things. Sure. Right? It's okay to come up with ideas, but then realize, okay, that, that didn't work. Yeah. We need to try something else. Well, okay. So here's the issue that I have with that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a position, if you will, that we have on the show is that we are against the homeless industrial complex. Mm -hmm. And that is when, as you say, hey, it's good to try things. But the problem is with government in general and local government here in Riverside, when they try something and it doesn't work, they keep the program going. Yeah, that's the problem. And and it's like, no, no, eliminate the stuff that doesn't work because mm -hmm. otherwise it's just, and that's what builds the homeless industrial complex. Absolutely. Throwing throwing good money after bad is is no solution, right? Yeah. You're, you're getting other corporations, you're getting other people rich off of this, trying to, right. thinking that this is just going to solve the problem when it's not about you've done nothing to help someone with their their underlying issue which is the drugs or the mental illness Having, they're not capable taking of a, a, a an old hotel and turning it into apartments oh. that you're just paying for that doesn't solve right. the problem what it does it is it moves that problem into that room mm -hmm. and it continues on and, and maybe then it goes in oh you have to try this one try this drug right and you're talking to your right. neighbors now and you're, you're not you're not solving the issue. You're just moving that person from one spot to another, and then you're probably yes. damaging the property and imagine and other being people. the caretaker or whoever Absolutely. it is that's in charge of all of that. Oh my! Yeah. yeah. So, is there stuff that the the, the city council can do? Well, I, you know, this gets into a broader yeah. thing, but but to cut programs because I I'm I'm looking for someone that's willing to go in and say, that's not working. We need to cut that. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's going to be cutting jobs, which no one wants to cut jobs. But it's like, if a job's not working, cut that. But I don't think it necessarily cuts a job either. Because, you know, right now, the city council has invested money into our PSET team. Okay, and the PSET team goes out, public safety engagement team. You have a counselor, you have a police officer, you have somebody out there. And they can evaluate. You have professionals that, right. that can say, you need this type of help we have a lot of openings in that team. We can't find people to open them. So there are jobs available, right? You can go to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sign up for that. Yeah, if you need a, need something there. Um, so you, there are jobs available in the city to, to go with this. So we're not eliminating any jobs. Right. Um, I, to me, I think we, we have to look at it from a more proactive standpoint, right? And, and so when I see that is, you know, there's been talk about, oh, for businesses, Oh, well, if your window gets broken, little green onion, you know, last week, you know, hey, we'll pay for your window to be fixed. Well, that's great. Okay. But what happens next week? And right. then the week after, and then right. the week after, and we're putting five, $10,000 into a window every single time yeah. as a city. How about we try and do something so that window doesn't get broken in the first place? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to put money into is, and I don't know the answer, right? But I, I, there's got to be a way to be real proactive. And part of that is public safety and getting the getting police officers. I mean, we're down over 100 officers in the city of Riverside. It's not a surprise. Um, and they're they're trying to fill them, right? It's not from yeah. a lack of trying. The, right. the, the police are doing a, they're offering money for recruiting and lateral transfers. I, and they're trying to do I follow, all of those things. I follow the Riverside Police uh, Facebook page and they yeah. are always trying to recruit. Yeah. And, and so there, there are things, but we need, we need more officers on the streets, but we need, maybe if it's not an, sworn officer maybe getting people that are kind of a security if you will my, my dad does this in arizona right where he gets okay. he sent me a picture and he drives around in a police car and he's not sworn in or anything but he's just 
he's a volunteer, right? Yeah, and right. and he does that, and they drive around his little city, and so things like that to try and bring. Because what happens is our PSET team is not working at two a.m. on a Saturday mm-hmm. night, mm-hmm. Right. right? They're not doing that, and our officers are stretched thin, so they can't patrol everywhere. And so if we start to bring people in and spend the money. Right, on taking money away from these other field programs and put it towards here. And if that means we have to pay our officers a little bit more or do these things, right? To to get people to want to be in Riverside again, right, to work here, then that's that's where we spend the money and that's where we do things. And so that's that's how I look at it. And and to the other part of it, the eighty three percent that are out there breaking the law, right? And right. and people yeah. say homeless is not a crime. And it is not. Right. right. But at the end of the day, if you break a window, that's a crime. If you go to the bathroom on the sidewalk on somebody that's a crime if you're going to be nude in the street that's a crime wait, Those things, wait a minute yeah. nude in the street yeah. is a cr- i gotta write yeah. that down there's a lot of notes for you to take here um but but those are the things thank that, goodness i haven't been caught yet. <laughs> but um but i want to i want to go more proactive proactive yeah. on that side of it and and a lot of people say well how how do you do that right how and it's giving support to the police department to let them know, please enforce our laws. Yes. You have the support of the city council. You have the support of a council person because our chief is appointed by the council, mm-hmm. right? So if you get a council that doesn't want to take that that approach, then they're worried about their job, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, worried right. about it. So right. if you can show the, the police department, you show the chief, I got your back, yeah. right? right? I want you to enforce the laws. I want you to do your job. Right. And feel good about it. so that that's the kind of things that I want to do to try and combat and, and try and get around the homeless issue. And, and even little things like the trash. Right. When you don't pick up trash for three days, guess what? It allows people to walk up and down the street looking inside trash cans and just leaving stuff that. Right. That you pick up your trash and, on time. Yeah. You move your trash can back into your it, it takes away that walking up and down the neighborhoods and things like that. So that's when I see little things turn into big things. You know, regarding the trash, we get, we, okay, so my neighbors and I have a text thread and we were just talking about how now on the, the right-hand side of our utility bills, there's the 11%. Um, GFT? Tra- th- yes. General fund transfer. Transfer, yes. Oh so we're talking about that. And of course, everybody's just like, Rrr. anyway, it's, it's saying that part of the problem for everything being so much higher is because they can't hire enough people. The mm-hmm. problem with uh, having enough personnel. Mm-hmm. Why can't they then um, at least train other people in the department, the people that drive around to make sure that you're not parking on your house on a Tuesday on my yep. street or something. D- train these people to backfill. When you don't have yeah. enough personnel, when somebody's out sick, then go to a temp agency. There've got to be people. There's got to be a way to do this because mm-hmm. leaving just trash out on people's yard in people's front. No, come on. Yeah. It's not okay. And you know what? I, I, let me let me go fill. on top of that. And we featured this on a, on the show before. I went I went to one of those community meetings they had when they were talking about raising our electric, mm-hmm. water and trash rates, mm-hmm. which was a dog and pony show cuz they raised them as much as they were going to anyway. Right. Didn't listen to the input despite the fact that I gave solutions. There was at least two other people that meet I that the meeting I was at that had fantastic solutions. One of them, speaking of what Jana is presenting here, was a person who was a former teacher. He said, "Why don't you have subs like we do in the teaching industry?" Exactly. And of course, mm-hmm. you said your your wife is with our, yeah. our local school district. That you have people that if someone calls in sick, you call them up. They're mm-hmm. they're temporary. They're standby. They're not regular employees. Sure, they can come in, drive the truck, and do that. I don't know if they're going to implement that. Someone came up with a brilliant idea. Now, my brilliant idea was, as you know, here in town, and our listeners know because they listen to the show, 
we have that person following the trash trucks in order to give people tickets for parking on the street that they've already paid taxes to park on. And my solution was, my brilliant solution, I must say, <laughs> was if the trash, you know, train the person who's giving the tickets to drive the trash truck. So if the trash truck person is sick that day, mm -hmm. you have not only do you have a replacement for them, but everyone gets a free day to park on the street. <laughs> so everyone's going to be happy with that. But I don't know that they'll implement that because, like I said, uh, these I call it the dog and pony show of, uh, and this is something that I would be really concerned about the city, is they go out into the community, oh, we want to hear your feedback, mm -hmm. and then they don't implement it and do what they're going to do anyway. Does it right. make a difference? No. Yeah. And, that, and that's a that's a problem when, when us as a community feel that our input is not being taken seriously we'll, we'll right hear, checking the box come here and tell us what you want to say but we're going to do what we want to do anyway exactly and that's a big part of the there's a community engagement policy that is trying to get passed through staff and then into council it's taking years right and, and residents uh, i'm part of a neighborhood group and right we meet the last sunday of every every month a uh, little shout out neighbors better together right mm -hmm. i'll give them a little but right. it's it's a great group because you have people from all over the city of riverside right different neighborhoods and, and that's what it's meant to be is representing each kind of the neighborhoods and and one of the core tenets for neighbors better together is community engagement and and doing that where that's always been the thing is you're telling us what you're going to do rather than asking us and you're trying to convince us why what you're going to do is so great in a town hall setting right. instead of coming at the very beginning and say, here's what we're throwing around. You know, yeah. let's let's throw around some ideas. Tell us what you want. We're going to come back in, in six months or whatever. And then we're going to here's what we heard. Is this what did we get it right? And, and I'm not saying that you're going to follow everything that you hear in the public, but but instead of saying, Hey, we're going to have this electrical rate or trash rate in two months. We want to get your input. Staff has already done all of the reports and yep. everything is already done by that point. So it's a little lost, you know, when mm -hmm. you when you do that. So I think community engagement needs to start when you're actually talking about it from the very beginning. I agree. And, and then you can we may not agree. Right. I mean, nothing you suggest, Mark, you know, we'll we'll go through. But at least, you know, they heard me. We taught at the next community right. engagement event. They said, you know, we, we heard your suggestion. This is why we can't do it. This is now what we're thinking about. Just right. you Lis want your voice to be heard. I like what you said about listening at the beginning. Because I felt as someone much like you, I was, bo I was born and raised here in Riverside. I've gotten more uh, politically involved and engaged in the community because I'm concerned with the direction everything is going. And I went to that meeting, and it was just as you said. They had their slides and graphs, which was fine. It was mm -hmm. a great presentation, and our city manager is a fantastic public speaker. I told him that afterwards. But it was like, this is what we're going to do. What do you guys think? Well, this is still what we're going to do. We just, you know, we're just pretending to hear. Mm -hmm. And I like what you're saying about going out early when you want to do something, when you have to yeah, raise yeah. the rates or something. Get some ideas, and as you said, come back and say, you know, we looked into that idea. We can't do it because of this. Mm -hmm. We can't do this because of this. That would be, otherwise, I, I just felt completely powerless, even though, you know, I, clearly I only have one vote, but it was just like, that was ridiculous. And that, and this is what I tell to a lot of my friends is that I went to that community engagement meeting and they still did whatever they were going to do anyway. Mm -hmm. And what a waste of great minds if you... If there's if there's a problem, if there's something that the city of Riverside or any any city is trying to implement 
uh, something that's going to take care of, of issues in your own area. This relates to everybody, by the way. Everybody, we've got people all over the country, all over the world. This is important to get involved. And if people have the opportunity, like you're saying, like you're saying, to um, get people involved from the get-go, there's no reason to think that the people who are elected in office are the ones who have the greatest minds. You have great minds everywhere. Absolutely. And listen, you know, you could have an engineer who isn't on the city council mm -hmm. or in local government who's like, well, listen, I think that this would work with the, the infrastructure. Or what, what? I mean, whatever. Yep. You, you need to tap into the great minds that are all throughout the city. Absolutely. Um, before making decisions and because there just may be things that haven't been thought of mm -hmm. that could get thrown into the... I, I agree completely. The and, lotto barrel as you take it out and take the number. This is the thing we're doing. <laughs> yep. And the, and the times and the if I keep hearing all our hands are tied. That, I, that bothers me every time, whether it's the trash, tr you know, truck drivers and we don't have the staff and uh, well, our hands are, you know, oh, we can't do anything about the homeless are because the state, our hands, our hands are tied. We hear that all the time. Yeah. What? No. You know, you, you got to figure it out. Right. And this is when I, I talk about it in business. Right. The economy is down. Right. What we do is is what I do for work is tied into the economy and the economy is good. Hey. Times are good. People are redoing them, remodeling their house and buying new flooring and everybody loves it. Times are bad. Oh, well, hands are tied. No, we still have a company to run, right? Yeah, we still right. have to do that. You got to figure something out and you got to make adjustments. That that should be brought here. So if we can't find staffing for our trash trucks, instead of saying, well, we just can't find staff. So it's going to take you three days to get, you know what? Athens figured it out. Birdtech figured it out. CNR, of these trash companies right here? They pick up on time. They have full staffs. Are they paying better? Are their benefits better? Why is it can they staff that we can't? And so right. instead of just saying, well, no one's applying for the job. It's no. Let's go no, figure out why they could fill it up. I would yeah. think that there would be uh, certainly people who would be interested if it was um, done through a temp agency. If there's mm -hmm. like maybe some, uh, you know how they do the, the, the job, uh, what do they call it? The job, not seminar. But where people can go and like, oh, they were hired. Job fair. Something like that, though, where it's actually training so that there are people who can actually go and train mm -hmm. and learn how to assist and be on a rotation right. and right. learn yeah. how And be on to... the substitute list. Yeah, yeah because yeah. there are people maybe who don't want to work. Right. Well, this is a way to, you know what, I can't do it today, but call me next time because maybe I'd... It's a great idea. I mean, come on. Yeah. So. Yeah. When it comes to bringing in... Uh, more business so people aren't going out uh, mm -hmm. to Orange County, for example. Yeah. How do you do that? I mean, why? I, I think is it you in have the to budget, or I mean, I don't. No, you have to show that this is a place that people want to invest. Businesses aren't doing it for free. Yeah. Right. So they're making an investment. They feel they can get a return on their money. And and I talk to business owners throughout the ward, throughout the city. It's hard to get people in your door right now. It's with the with the age of Amazon. One thing that COVID taught everybody is you can get whatever you want sent to your house. True. You don't need to go out to a store to right. live and get things. Yeah. And so now you have all of these business owners who have started a, a great business, a great idea. They provide a great service. But then as a as a person, okay, I need, you know, I, I talked to the person who owns a, a bike shop and pedals in, in the Mag Center area off of Sunnyside. You get a new tire, you're right? You hop your tire before you run down and you get a new tube and there you go. Well, now I'm, oh, I'm going to go on Amazon. It'll probably be delivered tomorrow. But he could do, he could fix it for you. He can help you with all those things, right? But then 
you look and you drive down there and maybe you have two or three homeless people sitting outside in front of his business. Right. Maybe the window was broken last week. And so you've got this boarded up stuff. So do I want to take my children? Is this a safe area? And and put them in that environment. So those are the things that if we clean that up, right. And, And we do that from that proactive standpoint, then people will want to shop in our local Riversiders are so prideful, right? Mm -hmm. We want to spend money here in Riverside. We want to support our Riverside businesses, our Riverside people, because they're our neighbors, our friends. We see them in the market. We want to support them. But at the end of the day, you also want to keep your family safe and you want to be put in a safe environment. And so... That's, so the two are tied together. The two unfortunately. are tied together. They are. So how do we get more businesses here? How do we get restaurants here? How do we get? Is showing that this is a place that you want to invest in. We're going to take care of you as a city council and as a city overall. Mm-hmm. We're going to make sure your business is in a good, you know, good space yeah. where you don't have to spend money on those outside issues. Running a business is hard enough. That's the part that how we get people in here and show them, right? Get get councils together. Like, and what I say by councils is small business councils and get people. There's a lot of good ideas, once again. And there's plenty of business for everybody, right? You don't have these competition. You can get restaurant owners together. This is what I do. This is mm-hmm. how I solve it. Oh, this, oh, uh, you know, coffee shops, great coffee shop. This is what I do when someone comes in and tries to bother my, let's, let's, develop these relationships amongst business owners yes. that they can help each other absolutely and, and build and then it and everybody wins right and then mm-hmm. it's you're not competing you're just growing each other and you're helping each other and that's that's there are community. places that used to do that and probably places that still do for example yeah. in the wedding world mm-hmm. you might have a card for the cake shop this is a great cake shop you know when yeah. you're there getting your wedding dress yeah. or whatever yeah. tuxedos and uh, but I don't see that at a lot of businesses. So mm-hmm. I do think that's a great idea. You know what? Here's a card from, you know, Diarca's that tells how long I've been around here from Diarca's tuxedo shop. <laughs> give them the card from Diarca's yeah. and tell them, you know, if you give give tell them that, you know, you know, Junior yeah. sent you, you get 10 percent off or, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, whatever it takes to, like you say, bring in the community and work together. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right the the homeless problem, just the. Phil, so I work outside five days a week for um, a, a phone company. Okay. And outdoor tech, I see oh, yeah. a lot. And there are plenty of places, not, it didn't, it used to be down by the Galleria. It wasn't as crummy as it is now. But I mean, I'm sure we've all been in that area. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. A lot of the businesses there, everybody's, and their dog, a lot mm-hmm. of times, are just sleeping out there. And the things I see, the yep. things I see. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so you're right. Before, I think before we can bring more business back. And again, for those of you that don't live here, it's not like, you know, you're not looking at some Western right. town where there's nothing but some crickets and iguana out in front of, you know, right. businesses and with spider webs. tumbleweed going across right. the Not what you heard about Riverside. <laughs> it's not like that. Right. But yeah, if we want to be a destination like Orange mm-hmm. County, then yes, we've got to take care of the homeless problem. Mm-hmm. And it is a big problem. So it does seem like that's the place to start and throwing money at it. Is right. not the answer. That has to stop because that's just throwing money away. Because it's right. not going to make a difference. Yep. Stop spending money where we where we don't need to. Agreed. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get you to wrap up. Uh, just kind of an all encompassing thing for the next few seconds, Warren. Of uh, no pressure. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> of of your your final your final pitch, if you will. No, I, I think what we've been talking about is, is exactly why why I'm doing this is 
I love I love being in Riverside. I do. I mean, I I get to travel. I see different parts of this country uh, for work. I, I work with different people. I see a lot of different cities. And Riverside is a great place. Yeah. There's a lot of really, really good things about Riverside. And, and a lot of times we get caught up in what's wrong with Riverside. And right. there, there, there's another uh, candidate for city council who who talks about this. And I'm not going to steal his thunder, but, you know, that it there's a lot of good. Mm -hmm. And what's wrong with Riverside can be solved with what's good with Riverside. Yes. And that's his line. So um, okay. um, I'm, that, I did not come up with that. That's um, a good one. And, yes, and it's true, absolutely true. true. Yeah. And... Um, this is why I'm a candidate. This is because I love it here. And and I just want to put it back so that other families, other people, when they're trying to decide, where do we want to plant our roots? Where do we want to be? Where do we want to invest our lives? Because even though choose. we're all like 26, 27, right. we've been here long enough <laughs> right. that we know how it could we've be. We've heard how stories. It used to be. Right, right. right. <laughs> yes. Um, but but it, it really comes down to that is I, I believe that everyone makes an investment. In ever, everyone who lives here, we, we've all bought homes here. We've we've shopped here. We've invested our, our money, our time, our families, and you want to be proud of your investment, yeah. and you want to be proud of that. And for me, that's that's why I'm doing this is to, for all of us to be proud of of our investment and proud of where we live. Proud to tell your friends, I'm I live in Riverside, right? And it's mm -hmm. not the butt of the joke. It's not anything else. But I live in Riverside, and and I'm excited about it. And and that's really why I'm doing this and, and why I want to be the next city council person for Ward 3. That was Warren Avery. And up next, Stephen Robillard. And right now in the studio, we have Stephen Robillard, who is another candidate for the city council Riverside for Ward 3. Stephen, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you so much. Hi. We're glad Hi. we're glad you came in. We're glad you came in in studio. And we're going to start off by giving you a chance to... Uh, Give us your spiel, your sales pitch, your why why we should vote for you, what are your qualifications, and what do you plan to do? Sure, absolutely. So my name is Stephen Robillard. I am a lifetime resident of the city. I am a husband, a father, and a business owner here in the city. Um, and it's gotten to the point now where I had thought I had better things to do and you know, focus on my business, focus on growing my family, and I can no longer sit on the sidelines and just watch our city kind of fall apart. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to um, put my name in the hat. I have a lot of experience in the development background. I've been doing commercial real estate for 10 years and most of that being vacant land development for single family homes. And so I have the experience of being on the customer business side of things, dealing with cities, not just our city, but the county and other cities in the area and trying to get things done has been very difficult in our city. And also, you know, having that, I want to call it adversarial relationship, but mm -hmm. having a challenge to city staff, because as a city councilman, you're not representing the city to the residents, you represent the residents to the city. And so I think we need a little bit more of that to focus on getting the city hall back on track. And there's a lot of things to that. You know, you have the public safety aspect of it. That is something that is obviously a top priority for me. And it's a big priority for pretty much anyone who lives in Southern California right now. And my background, I was uh, a police cadet for three years mm -hmm. for Riverside PD. And that gave me some unique experiences and insights into how crime is, is affected in our city and where these criminals come from and what's, you know, kind of the um, behind the scenes causes of what we're seeing here today. And mm -hmm. a big part of that is because we are the county seat for the whole Riverside County, 
everyone who gets arrested or is having a mental health crisis gets brought to the city. There's no room. They get dumped right outside in, in the middle of our city. And now we're having to pay, hold the burden for the entire county. Yeah. And so, you know, approaching the homelessness issue and the crime issue in a holistic way, not this is not a housing problem. This is a vacancy problem, a criminal problem. And we are bearing an unfair burden for that, for our whole region. And then secondly is the economic growth part of the city. If you don't grow as a city, you die as a city. If people are complaining about, hey, I want better roads, I want better restaurants, I want better amenities for our city, that you get that by growing your city. Businesses come with growth, they come with safety, public safety, and if they have a business-friendly environment where they feel that their investment in the city is gonna be a good one, that's how you grow your city and that's how you help grow the funds that help provide all the amenities that we enjoy as citizens. And finally, is infrastructure. Um, part of that is, like I said, it comes locally, locally funded, you know, you know, you can do city, some city paving and things like that, but there's also a lot of grant money that comes from state and not, and federal organizations. And you have to cooperate with the county or with other cities to get some of these things done. And I have experience going up to Sacramento with the chamber of commerce fighting for our fair share of those funding dollars and trying to get the attention of because those dollars are controlled by bureaucrats and those and, and people who have votes and they care about their own areas so you have to be able to build those relationships to have them focus on riverside and realize how important riverside is so it's when you're a city councilman you don't just get to be an advocate for your ward or for your, your local community but you get to go out and because there's no there's not a d or an r next to your name you get to build those relationships and hopefully bring a more of a coalition to Riverside and bring more money to the city and build that influence. And so that's, that's a big goal of mine. Is it difficult? Uh, is it more difficult for a city that um, like Riverside to get that extra funding to, to negotiate for some of the more money coming here than, for example, L.A. or Orange County? Yes. Uh, L.A. and Orange County and the coastal city of San Francisco, they always get the lion's share of the money. That's and that has been it's been this way for, you know, 100 years. Yeah. Um, but now that we're seeing the population trends, whether the coastal cities are losing people mm -hmm. and the inland, inland Empire and inland communities are growing, that gives us the talking point of, hey, we're actually growing here. We're having infrastructure a crisis right now and we're as we're growing and so there is a concrete need that you can point to mm -hmm. and beyond that you know we have a city with about three hundred thirty thousand people we're bigger than the size of pittsburgh actually and mm -hmm. when we go to the city or to the sacramento uh, people assembly members and, and state senators you don't want to just focus on the city of Riverside. You want to focus on the Inland Empire, which is about eight and a half million people. Mm -hmm. And the economic impact and the political blowback of eight and a half million people versus 320,000 people is different. So it's all you, you, you want to approach it from that perspective of trying to have the biggest leverage you can. Mm -hmm. And for example, I was talking with an assembly person who's like, yeah, they're from the area. And like, you know, we get it. We see the need. But how do I convince my counterparts to care about Riverside? And a good example, we were talking about the expansion of the Metrolink in Marina Valley to Paris. Hmm. And they already had the plans approved. They already ready to go. They just need the funding. And I said, look, you know, we have the 2028 LA Olympics coming. And one of the events are being held at, in Lake Paris. And oh. 
everyone who's going to be coming from around the world to visit the California to see the Olympic Games are not going to be using rental cars. They're going to be using public infrastructure. And if you want them to have a horrible experience, let them use our Metrolink Uh system as it is now. Uh And And just just to let our listeners that are uh, out of state and our international listeners know, when he mentions Metrolink, Metrolink is our local train system. Okay. Mm-hmm. Would it so, be like commu- a bullet commu- train or commu- whatever? No, commuter train. No, bullet yeah, just train. commuter train. <laughs> just commuter train. Commuter yeah. train system. So mm-hmm. go, go ahead. I just wanted to clarify yeah, that. Yeah, and so they're, they're, they want to expand that you know system. And they're, you know those things take a long time. Those take a multi-year long project. You need to get started now. You can't put this off until 2027 and all of a sudden you're up against the, the deadline. And so that's just a, a certain angle you can approach the to help with these politicians as they're trying to get the negotiation power to make Riverside more important. So I'm just curious, Paris in the past, I haven't spent a lot of time there, but in the past it kind of had a reputation as being not the safest mm-hmm. gang gang filled perhaps. <laughs> so there's has Lake, it been cleaned Lake, Lake up Paris already? Is very much a different place now. Yeah, Lake Paris okay. is way yeah. away from it. Very, yeah. yeah, Lake Paris yeah. is very okay. safe. It's a it's a gated park area. Oh, it's been a long time then. Yeah, oh, okay. you, have, you have to pay to get in. There's park rangers and everything, and so it's much better. So when when they say uh, uh, lake, there is actually a lake there, and people would you would go there like you would the beach. Yes, um, right. And by the way, so most of you that listen probably have looked at the pictures that we post, and you know that I'm a very pasty redhead. So that would explain why. <laughs> I haven't been there in a while. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Yeah, no, they, they very much improved it. And they're gonna, I think they're going to do like some rowing competitions oh, and nice. uh, some kayaking type stuff. Um, so, yeah, it just kind of worked out. And that's that way. actually going to be great for the uh, the local economy. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. That's great. So let's let's talk about one of our major subjects that we on this show have, have talked about before as a general sense and a little bit local is the homeless issue. Mm-hmm. So I live within two miles of Jana's place here where we do our recording. And outside of the show, I do a, <laughs> we do the show every week and I do a report to her of how many homeless people I see. So she lives off of Magnolia here. I live off of Arlington, two mm-hmm. major streets in Riverside. And, you know, I'm usually up. Oh, it's only two today or, you know, it's four today. And so my question for you is, what is your plan and what are your thoughts about the homeless issues we have here in town? Yeah, so as for just for me where I live, I live off of Brockton between Central and Harupa. Okay. So probably one okay. of the most active, you know, the Brockton Arcades probably has the mm-hmm. highest concentration of homeless in this area and also break-ins and the We're effects of it. We're practically neighbors. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it took me five minutes to get here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the uh, issue is quite acute for me and from where I see it, I see it every day. And so it's not something I can ignore. Um there is when you talk about homeless, there is a wide range of what that kind of encompasses. And for most people that I don't know, about 70% of the homeless are people who are they're only about homeless for about two or three months. They're going, they're in between jobs, they had a breakup, they're couch surfing, students, whatever. We're not worried about those people. Those people figure it out and there's and program, they want help and they'll and get they it. want help. There's programs and resources, veterans, there's resources for these people. So 70% of the homeless population, you can kind of just say, okay, we're, we don't need it. That's not a focus of ours. About 15% is mentally ill and the other 15% are addicted. And in between there, I'd say it is about 2% that are 
um, sex offenders, people who are um, out on probation who can't find housing because of their registration status. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a small part of it that people don't really know. You don't really know they're homeless because they dress fine. They take a shower. They go. They use the resources available to them, but they are homeless, and it's best why. Um, the focus right now is, as many people know, in the 80s, we got kind of got rid of our mental health facilities. There is no such thing as being forced into a mental health uh, facility right now. Yeah. And there, because there's no enforcement mechanism and there's no facilities, there's on the street. Yeah. And... Part of what we're, I think the state and the community is starting to realize is we need to build that infrastructure back up. And one thing that they are doing right now is in, in the county hospital in Marina Valley, they started, broke the ground on a 100 unit psychiatric bed wing of the county hospital. So that does two things. A, we get the more facilities for the mentally ill, but B, it's outside of the city. And, and so we can share, like I said, like I explained earlier about sharing the burden mm-hmm. of right. the mentally Ill, Ill in our city. So that's, that's part one as far as the mentally ill. We, we have care court, which is also coming online here. We'll see how that works. I don't think we have the facilities to, to accommodate everyone. And so that's, there's a catch up game that we need to play right now as far as building those facilities for the mentally ill. That's one part of it. I think there, we all see them, but I think there's some, there's a lot of mix of, addiction and mentally ill and kind of go inside, you know, go hand in hand. So that's one aspect of it is promoting the expansion of mental health facilities and especially outside the city. So we can kind of spread that out. Um, the second part of it, the addicted, um, I have personal experience with this. My uncle was addicted to meth and heroin for 40 years, was homeless for most of that time, um, would steal from everywhere and he could just to get this next high. And he said, you know, the, the, he got clean and he lived his last 15 years of his life sober. Oh, good. And he was tell you, the first thing that he would tell you was he didn't get sober until he had his five-year felony sentence and he had to spend five years in prison. Wow. And he's like, you can't make that choice of being sober when you're in the middle of your addiction. Right. A lot of times you're either high or you're just coming off of it and you're, you're, you're not thinking straight, first of all. Second of all, when you're clean for say a couple of weeks, that's the most crucial time in your in your addiction. You're all you want to do is get back into mm-hmm. it, and so without kind of any kind of enforcement mechanism for the drug drug use, there is no way that you can so, so, like, solidly take care of the problem because that is Agreed. it's an addiction. They are past the voluntary help. They're they're just going to choose to get better. Right. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately just saying, well, you're allowed to do drugs and we're not going to do anything to you. And they, everyone says, well, it, it's what someone does on their own, do to themselves. That's their own problem. Sure. But that problem doesn't just affect them. That, f- that problem affects their family, their friends, and then eventually the community because they start stealing and yes. doing whatever right. they have to right. do to get their next high. And so that enforcement aspect of something is something that as a city we can't do on our own. But I think we're making good progress to kind of make it more difficult to mm-hmm. live as a homeless person in Riverside. Um, right now, our police department is about 70 officers short of being fully staffed. And if you want the officers to be proactive and be like, hey, you know, I got some time. Let's go to this community. This guy camped out in front of this business. I'm going to go pick him up, get him going so he's not comfortable here in our city. 
that's something that I see as an approach that we can do right now that we're unable to because of how short-staffed we are. When police are playing catch-up all day long, like just yesterday, I, w- I visited uh, the two fire stations in Ward 3. Mm-hmm. One over here on Magnolia, uh, off the of Riverside, and the one off of Arlington by the uh, airport. And they are now picking up a lot of calls that police would normally respond to. So if someone's passed out in a car, right. normally police would show up for that. Now the fire department showing up for that. And sometimes people, you know, when people get woken up in the middle, you know, if they're asleep in their car, it could be a dangerous situation. And, you know... That's not really fire's job, but they're having to do that now because right. police are so overwhelmed with these calls. And so filling that backlog of our police department, making sure that we are not only hiring and recruiting new trainees, because that, that's a two-year-long process, but also getting laterals from other departments, good officers, building a reputation in our department of being a well-run, well-paid, well-staffed department, other will get lateral some other departments to kind of backfill that gap because if you just do strictly recruiting, you're never going to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. Right, so. and and I see that. I follow the Riverside Police Department on the Facebook, and they are constantly having ads about lateral movement and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, on their Facebook page. So they're they're certainly uh, promoting that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think City Hall, City Council, especially has something to do with it because in the, our recent environment in the 2020, 2021 times we had city council people marching with blm and wanting to call for investigations in a department based on nothing other than just what the cultural culture was saying right right right. and the pressure to do something to say something and do something right and um the that was very irresponsible and when you have a department when you department see that police officers see that it's like my my city council is not gonna have my back Uh, why am i gonna come out to riverside right and so that's part of just, you so know. How do you change that, though? So, I mean. How are you going to get people to be all, yeah, I want to be one of the people that, like, everybody hates because they think I'm a bad guy. Yeah, well, so something I've been Not everybody. I, I've been planning about and something I've been uh, thinking about starting is a foundation for public safety. So, in a lot of, a lot of communities, like Seal Beach, for example, they have a private nonprofit foundation that is for supporting the police and fire. So sometimes, like right now, the fire station uh, in Ward 3, Station 3, they have a leaky roof. And it's been leaky for, like, many years. Oh. And they can't get the funding to fix it. And it's like, well, they have funding. I didn't even know that. So they just bought new trucks. But I walked around that whole station. I saw all the leaks, the holes in the Mm -hmm. roof. That they're 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 dealing with right now. That's that's the one on Arlington. That's the one on uh, Riverside between. Uh, oh Mc- right, Mc- by Del Taco. Taco. Oh mm-hmm. oh okay okay yeah. Right, it's an older right, yeah. you know. Just right, just, okay. just give us landmarks of food destinations. Yes, that's oh, okay, right. We right. know that. <laughs> yes, between Central and Arlington. Yeah, and I was I was so you know shocked. I'm like, well, you guys got three new trucks here, but you guys can't get a new like what's you know and. It's the bureaucracy of like they have a certain budget, but they like okay, well, we're going to prioritize getting a whole new truck that's going to be able to save people or a leaky roof that's unfortunate for us, but yeah, it's something that doesn't really save lives, you wow. know. Wow. And so that the prior that, that's the kind of priorities that every department has to deal with, and that's just how it works. But this would be a perfect example of a community coming together and saying, hey, here's a dire need that we have for our firefighters. They shouldn't have to have a leaky roof over their head. Let's, let's raise some local funds, private funds, and fix their roof. And so it's an as-needed kind of community-based foundation that kind of can help supplement the public safety needs of our community, 
but also it helps show that the love and the support for the law enforcement and public safety in our community as well. So like a 12 month calendar featuring all of like 12 firemen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. if, if you, if they, if I saw those guys and they're very handsome guys. <laughs> I'm a pretty good photographer. I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, let me let me ask. I want to get back a little bit to the homeless uh, issue because we have talked about the homeless industrial complex, and the thing that we don't like is when it's something where here's a homeless solution. We'll try this, and even if it doesn't work, that solution never goes away. That mm -hmm. still gets funded, and it's not working, and it still gets and we funded. We all pay for it, and we all continue to pay for keep throwing all this money at the homeless, and yet we still have all this homeless. Mm -hmm. Do you have plans, or what are your plans about things like that? So most of that money you see those big numbers like LA County spent like a billion dollars on the homeless issue. I think right. statewide it was like nineteen billion dollars they spent on homeless issues. And a lot of consultants and for ten like, you know, they spent a hundred thousand dollars on a tiny little trailer that should only cost like ten thousand dollars. Right. Most of that money and programming is paying for staff and for failed projects, especially housing projects. Any kind of construction or housing project they go way over budget and it's and it's we see the effects of it that it's completely a waste of time right um the, one housing is going to do nothing for people who aren't right they in the don't want to be housed and the numbers that i have by the way from this year june of 2023 it's 82 percent from california healthline of californians are uh have are, are homeless because either they have drug addiction or mental issues now they're not just talking about riverside county so mm -hmm. it's probably when you take all of southern california yeah so the the they talk about funding we don't have a funding issue this california is swimming in money and we keep on throwing it throwing it at projects and like you said these projects get started and they there's no end date to them they're just a long-term kind of plan that has no reevaluation whether it's working or not exactly and for i think the biggest thing that's lacking in not only city government but in the state of california government right now is the follow-up things get passed things get enacted and then we say okay staff go do it and then there's no follow-up and the staff in my opinion likes to hide in the bureaucracy right. and say, okay, well, this takes forever. And they give you very vague generalized numbers about what things are, where the money is being spent. It's not very specific. And that takes a lot of time as a, an elected official to go over and to kind of keep your thumb on is the follow-up. And that is something that I am focusing on is the follow-up because, you know, I have seen personally how so many things are right now being passed and approved and there's no follow-up. And I think the, uh, the citizens need to know about that follow-up. They need to know what's going on with the th these plans that get enacted and bringing public attention to, Hey, we spent this much money on this and we got nothing for it. Right. What are results right. for it? Right. And so doing not only my own follow-up, but making that follow-up public knowledge right. so that the, Good. that the residents can have that input and pressure at city council meetings and at, at city hall staff and at wherever they could, wherever they see them say, Hey, look, why are we, you know, cause it's not just me. I have to, you know, I have to work with the other six people up there. Right. Right. But having that public knowledge and that public pressure to say, Hey, look, we're spending money in this situation. It's not working. Let's reevaluate and either not spend it or spend it on something else. And so that's something that I think the only way you can counteract that is with the follow up and exposing where that money is going because once it passes people forget about it because it's just a bandage yeah right mm -hmm. you know on that on that same note i want to bring up that um and and 
look, uh, clearly I'm not attacking you. You're not in the position yet. But, <laughs> but just wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, when you are. Uh, but uh, so we have, so I don't know if you got, uh, if you saw the, the mm. you're familiar with this mailer. Yeah. So I'm holding up a mailer that we recently got that, that basically says, you're invited to share your input on budget. This is from the city of Riverside. You're invited to share your input on budget, pro, budget programs, services, and future housing and other things. Anyway, so basically this is what, uh, and again, nothing personal against you. I just realize I'm attacking the city and not you. Mm-hmm. This is what I call a dog and pony show. Absolutely. Because as you know, recently they had a thing where they went throughout the city to do these presentations uh, asking, I'm putting in air quotes, asking the public's input on raising our electrical rates, mm-hmm. water rates, and trash rates. And we featured a show on this before. And I went to one of those. I spoke up, had some great ideas. Two other people, at least two other people, spoke up that I thought had also great ideas. And they just went through and uh, voted themselves in whatever they were going to do in the first place. And it was it appeared to me as a taxpayer and a voter that they really didn't want our input. They were just going out there to pretend that they want our input. Mm-hmm. And then we have this other one coming up that to me that says this is about all the other city services. It's like, wait, wait, you just raised our electrical, our water, and our our trash rates. And that's in the city because the city, our city, for those folks listening from other uh, states and other countries, our city is in control of all those rates. They just raise those rates. This tells me more rate hikes are coming because they're going to come out and pretend they're going to listen to you, but then they're going to raise it anyway. So what, what are your feelings on, on these kind of events that they come out, try to get feedback, mm-hmm. but to me, they're not really listening. So I, I have personal experience with that. When I was, uh, I was a member of the Aquacultural Water Rate Task Force okay. for the Riverside. So it's part of the public utilities when they, they made a new water rates uh, schedule and they had no um, type of fee for agricultural use. They just lumped it in under commercial, which right. agriculture obviously uses a lot more water than commercial building would. And so there was a year-long task force about um, they wanted input from the residents to come up with some way on how to do the agriculture water rate. And we spent a year on this. We were hearing from staff. We did research as we met every week for a year. And we gave our input, and it was like we spent a year doing nothing. The staff just kind of did what they wanted to do, anyways. Wow! See, and that's you exactly know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, and so that's what I was. That what I meant was, the st- staff gives you, you know, elected officials come and go, and the staff stays there, and they have their way of doing things. And for the utility thing, that that was something that was very frustrating because. If you look at the last 15 years, and I, 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 I watch one of those presentations as well, you know, our rates didn't go up for about 15 years. Right. And I blame the council and the uh, staff then for not so, – because obviously raising rates is never fun. It's right. never popular. No one ever wants their rates raised. Sure. Correct. But we do have the one of the lowest water rates in the entire state. And, okay – so if you did like a half a percent or a 1% raise over those 15 years, we wouldn't be in the position we are in now. Right. And it's one of those things where that's that's on the staff's fault for doing this. And now you're going to raise it like 15% over the next five years, which right. is a huge number. Mm-hmm. And that's where long-term thinking and long-term planning needs to be done at the city. And especially at City Hall, you can't just... There, there's pressure of, you know, you want to make sure your residents are happy and you, I don't want to raise rates, 
But if you're going to just pass the buck down 15 years from now, and then you're going to have a 15% increase, that's way, way worse. And so it's about balancing that. And as far as these meetings go, the staff definitely has, they want to justify to you what they're going to do. They're not asking for your input. (laughs) They're saying, we're going to do this. And let me tell you why we're going to do this. Right. And that's where I was saying that the city council is an elected official's position is not to represent the city. It's to represent the residents to the city and be that advocate to push back and to ask those tough questions and say, okay, look, I understand we're having this shortage. We're in a hole. You waited way too long to deal with this. And now we're in this trouble. Let's try to find a a compromise here because raising rates 15% on people is just going to be horrible for a lot of people that's that's yep. a lot of the couple hundred dollars extra a month that's like a car payment cut right the on. fat somewhere right yeah exactly and, and and honestly most of that money is going to staff you yeah. look at it it's mostly going to staff well, well i mean i think about how we have the person that drives around following the trash trucks and people get dinged um if they don't move their cars i'm just gonna say this because of my job i do drive all over riverside la sierra and um i get a pretty good look at what the um the the street sweepers do i'm talking about the street sweepers for those of you that aren't around here because probably not all of you have this we will get charged if we're parked in front of our houses uh or if anybody's parked in front of your house they'll get a ticket um for parking in front of a a place where it's going to be swept on those days and they have signs that say you know from this time to that time but people are getting charged for that, and that person's getting paid to just go and follow these people around. And I've seen what those street sweepers do, and I would say 80% of the time or better, it's just making the leaves and the muck wet, and then it ends up getting <laughs> dumped into your driveway. So I have a problem with the fact that I'm going to get a ticket if I don't move, but it doesn't really make a very big but difference. They're going to come across, come around and make, do a crappy job. Do a of crappy it. job. <laughs> so can't we, come on. So why do people the, have there, to... there's that's something that, you know, you have these policies and then they have the, what the intent of the policy is versus how they affect the policy. Right. Yes. And you know, some of these, something I learned as a police cadet, something very vital that I learned is a lot of these policies that seem kind of, you know, harsh or unrealistic. It's because, they're used to have an excuse to either have the police have an act, uh, interaction with somebody who needs to have an interaction with that they wouldn't normally be able to stop and say, you know, hey, for example, the street sweeping one. If a car is parked on the street for more than a couple of weeks, it's going to start building up tickets. And you have these, these people that just park their cars there forever and it's a nuisance to the city. They're dumping oil over the city. This is a way that you can kind of clean up that mess but that's i'm using air quotes here but that's punishing all of it's pushing everyone else well that's what you're saying that's why you want to say hey let's let's chill out give some warnings here like the intent of this is not to get all these people and this is not supposed to be a revenue maker this is supposed to be a method of enforcement that we can take people who are obviously parking here they're not they're not moving their car it's just sitting there for weeks and weeks yeah it's for that person. Right. It's not for just the average person who's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know. So that's where you kind of have to deal with staff on, a, on an issue like that where it's like, hey, let, let's let's focus on what the, the priority is. Right. It's not to make money off of this. It's to keep our streets clean. It's interesting you know? that you say that about uh, it's not supposed to be a revenue maker. Mm-hmm. When I went to the meeting about the trash and all that, one of the, you know, we talked about that. And uh, someone asked the question. They said, 
how who pays or how how is the person that follows the street sweeper that gives the tickets how are they paid and the city manager said from the tickets that he gives out and i was just like oh my gosh i mean i already came up with that calculation for myself and thought is this ridiculous they're they're using this guy that it, anyway it's a job that doesn't need to be there in my mm -hmm. opinion but i understand what you're saying that you know it's a, something that had an idea, but now it's gone way too far. Now stop, it's now it's punitive. So stop the street sweepers flow if you have to, so that he carries warning tickets that says this is your first warning. Put it on it. If that's a way to do it, to mm. cut that fat and send it somewhere where it's more important. Than well, it yeah, goes. I mean, and also the say like in my neighborhood, uh, street sweepers on Friday, trash is on thir trash pickups on Thursday. All our trash doesn't get picked up on Thursday, <laughs> so you just see yeah. the tr sweeper going, going around, around the trash, around trash cans. cans. Yeah, and it's like, okay, what are we doing here? This is this is obviously the intent is not being met. We are just kind of acting out a little thing now, and we need to reevaluate yeah. and say, look, if we can't pick up trash on the right day, and then our tr street sweepers are going around trash cans at the same time we're giving tickets to people who are parked on it what are we doing here this is obviously a not not a good use of our money and this is not fixing the issue that we're trying to fix with cleaning our streets if you can't pick up trash cans you're not cleaning your streets do you think it seems to me because my mail also got scatty wampus during the whole for the last three and a half four ish years i don't know if it was already if everything was already starting to kind of go into the, the, the dumpster but it does seem like um, with COVID and then the issues with BLM, all of that, everything just kind of ended up going in, it just went up in flames. And it feels like that exacerbated problems that may have already been there, but it seems like it's a lot worse right now. And people are maybe trying to figure out, is too many spot fires? I don't know. That's yeah, what it seems like. I, so, I mean, nationwide, you, you, you hear about the hiring crisis that no one can hire anybody. There's not enough people working and people are who do work are not working hard. And there's this, you know, my wife can attest to this all, yeah. you know, all the Gen Z nurses, she's a nurse. They don't see it as a calling. They see it as, you know, I'm only going to do what I get paid for. And I'm not going to do anything extra. Oh, that's great. And, I want that one. Mine, you mine. know, and so, and fire departments, police departments will tell you they're having a hard time hiring because for the exact same reason, people don't want to serve the community more. They just want, what's the paycheck, you know? And so that's wow. part of it. That's a, I think the culture of working from home and, well, let's give you checks for not working. Right. We're seeing the repercussions of that. Yes. And not only also at the city hall, this is extremely frustrating to me that we have staff that work from home two days a week and especially customer facing staff. Um, so especially in the planning How department. Does that work? Well, exactly. So <laughs> as city customer facing staff that works, works at home two days a week. This, I didn't even know about that. Now yeah. I'm even more mad at my city. So for example, like I said, the planning department and the building department is the revenue maker for our city. That's where all money and all exp uh, improvements to a city comes from new development. If you're starving your money maker, you're going to starve your city. And so our planning department was so poorly run, poorly staffed. We had such a high turnover there. People were upset and they were leaving and working for other cities. And, you know, I have a client who he, we finally got approval after three and a half years for building 53 single family homes. He comes to the city. I have some questions. He comes to the city from Orange County, goes to City Hall. Can I talk to this planner? They're the ones that are working on my project. Oh, she's working from home today. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. And. But you had something kind of similar. 
with the whole trying to get the answer about your trash your your uh oh right (laughs) that was right right what jan's referring to is after i went to the city meeting about the trash thing i had a window air conditioner that i needed to dispose of and because i was at the city meeting and they had four people there from the trash department uh being paid overtime i'm sure Mm -hmm. this evening city meeting couldn't give me an answer, and I had to go through. <laughs> I think did I did I cover Two, that on the three show? Emails? I, I, yeah. I don't remember it was it was ridiculous just to try to find out if it was something that they could pick up. Finally, they did pick it up, and I think it was because they realized I was going to be an irritant. Mm-hmm. And it was like you know what, just get just pick whether we take it or not, pick it up because this guy's clearly going to cause trouble. An <laughs> and you know that that's something that the our city staff. This is not just Riverside problem. This is a staff problem everywhere is the adversarial relationship between the client the customer or the resident and the city staff city staff tends to have this attitude of no go away like little little response as possible there's no customer service it's only like let me help you right mm-hmm. and and my in my line of work so many people because i saw a lot of just regular just small lots that someone wants to build a house on and they go to the city, and it's just no, you can't do that. No. Yeah, it's just like so unhelpful, and I have to go with them, and because I know the questions to ask, and say, okay, well, if you can't do this, can we do that? Or you know, follow up questions. Well, sure, you can do that. Like, well, why don't you offer that up? Vol- right. Volunteer right. that right. information you should, you instead of not be the one to dig it out of them. Get a little right. pro, pro crowbar. Yeah, and right. and because like I said, if no one is building here, if no one's and they feel like you don't want them to invest their money here, then they won't invest their money here. Yeah. Right. And, you know, part of Ward 3 is we have the Riverside Airport, which is extremely underutilized. And we could we could see so much growth there. We have four colleges in the in the community. No, and those, no, I, 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 briefly, every single person I've worked with at the airport who wants to start an aerospace technician school, a flight school, wants to partner with local schools, mm-hmm. Nothing. That was my question. Is under you what would be different? Okay, gotcha. So there is, and a lot of it has to do with unions Mm -hmm. because they have to have union teachers, union staff. Okay, well, we have to get them over there. They have to get, you know, and it's like, so they just don't respond. It's the administration sees how difficult it is to work with the union. They're like, well, we're not going to try. So I've been partnering with some of the private schools like Notre Dame and Harvest who want to start having those programs. And that's something that I'm hopeful we can help grow because there is plenty of workforce development. Because we talk about these blue collar jobs that no one knows how to do anymore. Mm-hmm. There's people that'll pay. They'll pay for the training. They'll give you a job straight out of out of high school, good paying job, and we're doing nothing to help those. And that's not going to go away. Like what I do, I don't see that going away. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think that's important. well. We're we're gonna wrap up your segment here. We're gonna give you a few seconds to. Uh, to wrap it up yourself. So give us a little wrap overall based, based on what we talked about or whatever, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. uh, give us your last little pitch here. Uh, yeah. So I, I believe I'm opening, I'm running for an open seat. Um, we, there's only two contenders in it right now. There'll probably be some other people, but I am the only one with the experience, the uh, work ethic, the, um, time and, uh, willingness to take on the responsibilities of a city council person not only to just show up to meetings and to do the basic, but to go above and beyond for our city. And I'm not going to use this as a stepping stone to higher office. I have a young son. I'm looking to stay here in my community that I grew up in and help make it a better community for everyone. And 
And it's back to only Jana and I in the studio. And we want to thank our guests, Warren Avery and Stephen Robillard, who are both candidates for Ward 3 at Riverside City Council. Jana, what did you think of our guests? Well, that was very informative. Um, you know, they were... They are very similarly aligned. Yeah, I would say so. And so that makes me feel good. Uh, whichever direction this takes, I don't think that we're in um, horrible shape by having either one of these guys uh, right. represent our ward. Yeah, what about I, you? I, I, think, I think the same thing. Uh, it was, uh, and we want, we want our listeners to let us know, because you can uh, uh, reach us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At Snack a Little. Or you can call our dedicated listener line at 909-572-0278. Let us know how you think we conducted this, because we really tried our best to ask the same type of questions, the same subject matters for each one to keep it fair. Absolutely. And I, and I, I thought they did great, and I hope that we did. But I seriously, I want feedback from you guys because of the recent presidential debates and stuff like that. What I just think it's been ask? done so poorly. What have you asked? Right. If you've gone and uh, spoken to people that represent, you know, your ward, your area. Right. Your area. Get involved. That's that's our main message of this. Uh, why we presented this. It's a very localized issue, obviously, but we want to present it as get involved out there in your community. Get involved in politics, and maybe you too can talk to your local representatives and get them to do what you want them to do. Absolutely. You can't complain about something if you don't do do whatever you can to try to make a difference in what you see that's wrong. Come on back. <laughs> <laughs>